You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Hey everybody, it's Adam, live and in person for you. Hey everybody, it's Adam, wonder who he'll interview. We are getting into the groove today with award-winning composer Michael Mott, who's known for his theatrical pop sound. Michael's latest EP, The Only One, takes the listener on a journey through love, quarrels, and the ending of a love story. When we come back, we'll be talking with Michael about love, loss, and what he's learned. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back with Michael Mott. Hi, Michael. Hi. How are you? I'm great. How are you? Good. It's so great to have you on the show. I know. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you. You're welcome. We have so much to talk about, so um, let's get started. Okay. Um. I always like starting off my interviews this way. X amount of years from now, when somebody mentions Michael Mott, what do you hope people say about you? Um, wow, he wrote with passion. <laughs> I love that. I hope that they feel, I hope people are inspired, moved, and healed from listening to what I've written and seeing the shows I've done and blah, blah, blah. Well, I definitely think they will be moved and healed by your music because it's so wonderful. And especially your new EP, The Only One, which is probably some of the most personal music you've written, which is all about yeah. the um, the, the start of a relationship, the, the troubles, and then, uh, unfortunately, the demise of the relationship, which I think given this year of all the lost people have suffered, uh, just so many more people can relate to that yeah. topic. Um, well, I mean, what was it like for you to write the songs and what made now the right time to write such a personal album? Well, art imitates life mm -hmm. and, um, it actually really happened to me. I was in a relationship all through COVID and then the, the late fall we broke up and I was not writing. Um, I, I've been working on a new musical and so that was like my whole life and that's all I was doing, but it was COVID and I would like write a little bit and then like cook and eat and like get fat and like not do anything and then I like write a little bit but then when we broke up it was just every idea in the world I ever had came to me and if that even makes sense um but I just kept writing and I have a huge love for pop music but my followers are mainly musical theater and Broadway people and I write obviously theater music um but my guilty pleasure is pop music. And so I thought, what naturally comes to me at first is the pop style. And I thought, well, how can I make this accessible for my theater following, but still create standalone songs that have the ability to reach beyond the theater community? Mm. And so I wrote just moments. I, I started with a song called Cry For You, which was literally what I was doing. And then um, a song called Empty Eyes. And I just kept on writing these songs. And I was like, oh, well, this is when we broke up. And this is the moment that we had this conversation. And then what if I write a song about how we first met and we get together? And then I put this like little six piece narrative together. And it's not something that will ever be on stage. That's not the intention because the way that I write theater music is very different than how I write pop music. Mm. Theater music to me is um, show and then talk like just explore what the character's thinking as they're showing, you know, as you're showing, as you're seeing something. But mm -hmm. pop music to me is can be a little bit more literal of like, I'm sitting here talking to Adam 
and we're doing this, this, you know what I mean? Whereas mm-hmm. like, I don't you need to say that in the theater song because like they can see that we're sitting here talking to each other. Right, right. You know what I mean? So I don't write that way, but it's intended to be a listening experience, a 20 minute experience from start to finish. And if you listen to it that way, it does take you on a journey. And I feel like I am primarily a storyteller and whatever the medium is, whether that's through a photo, through songwriting in pop music or putting a show on stage or talking to you, talking your ear off right now. Like that's, that's what I do. <laughs> and ha- well, what was the hardest, uh, what was like the hardest song to write that gave you the most trouble? Um, I don't think it gave me the most trouble. I actually, nothing gave me trouble. I've never written something this fast. I wrote it in six months, which is wow. like insanely quick. And we filmed music videos in that time. So all the videos are online. I think that the hardest one to get through and put out and listen to was a song called James's song mm-hmm. that is sung by the phenomenal Pia Toscano, who I've been obsessed with since 2010 when she was on American Idol. Um, that was really hard because it's like the most intimate personal ballad but then follow up to that is empty eyes because that was a moment that actually happened right here in this room when the person came to me and i remember looking in his eyes and i was like wow he literally is just like he has empty eyes and i was Mm -hmm. and and in the moment even though that was happening this like weird like freudian like thing happened where i thought oh that's a song like as it was happening in the moment in the back of my head i was Uh like that's a song but then like we were going through this awful break it was awful and like two weeks later, I was like, oh, I need to write Empty Eyes. Mm. And that that was probably the hardest. And then filming a video and there's a lot of um, symbolic things in that video that represent us and our relationship. But I still think if like a, a, a random person watched it who didn't know my, me or anybody, they would completely relate to it. Mm-hmm. There's just like a lot of gems in there that, you know, are subliminal messages or things to that person because we don't speak. So, right. Yeah, I like to call myself the 35-year-old male irrelevant Taylor Swift for this <laughs> album. <laughs> yeah. I love that reference. <laughs> now, does has anybody, I mean, does this particular guy that you broke up with, does he know that this oh, album? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even want to get into that, but yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. There's been responses to things for sure. But it's not about, honestly, there's nothing bad. There's nothing negative. Mm-hmm. It's actually a huge celebration. I think like you should be honored that I care enough to like write an entire album about you. Come mm-hmm. on. I'm yeah. not, I'm not, I'm not. Um. There's actually, you know, I have to say that there's elements of, of every relationship I had because mm-hmm. you draw upon everything. So this, he was the impetus for this, but uh-huh. you know, there's a lot of, there's, you know, I've had actually two exes reach out to me and they're like, Hey, I heard this album and, um, you know, talking to me about asking one asks, is empty eyes about me? <laughs> and I said, don't flatter yourself. No, it's not. But if the lyric fits, you should do some internal work. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> but no. And actually, the beautiful thing is that I actually got closer to two previous exes mm. from this, oh, which I did not know. Yeah, they reached out. One reached out to me and I reached out to the other one about something else. Um, and it actually brought us closer and we got to have a really nice like healing and come together as friends in a different chapter of our lives, which wow. was honestly like the most beautiful part of this so far. Yes. Cause not everybody that doesn't happen with everybody. No. <laughs> what was writing for you? Like in these six months, was it different? Did you approach it differently than say before the pandemic? Yes. So I actually, um, I worked with a amazing up and coming pop producer named Six Foot Five. 
And he and I actually co-wrote three of the songs together, which I'm at the point in my life now where I can sit down at the piano and write a song myself and it's fine. I like it. But the joy of collaboration is really what's important to me. And I'm at the place in my life now where I it's more interesting and the and it's more motivational and I feel like it gets to the heart. It's not to be honest, I used to kind of do things for the release of it all and like mm-hmm. I can't wait for people to hear this and like cuz I'm a performer at heart, I'm a ham. But as I've gotten older and I've as I've matured and as I've really settled into my own voice and like been confident in who I am and what I do, Mm-hmm. It's not about like that's just an icing on the cake. The mm-hmm. creation of it is re- and with the people you're working on is really where the joy is. Mm-hmm. And the fact that it just gets heard and listened to and I get to come on here and promote it, that's just like, oh, cool. I can like turn on the ham side of myself that I went to school for. But <laughs> the really the creation of it is is what's important. So mm-hmm. to answer your question in a long-winded way, um I wrote half of it with um six foot five who's a pop producer and then he produced the whole thing and Mm. i really he's really young he's like 10 years younger than me and he brought you know a very fresh young modern sound to it through the production and pushed me in a different way than i'm normally used to Mm -hmm. and i think that i also pushed him in other ways to you know we we really balance each other out and we Mm -hmm. learned very early on that we are like cut from the same cloth. We have the same birthday. We're very, very similar. We had vicious fights and then we had like deep heartfelt connections. He was my therapist, my friend, my Mm. confidant through this whole thing. And, you know, it was a beautiful experience and it felt like healing in a very cliche way. It really truthfully did. The musical that you're talking about is In the Light. Mm -hmm. We just announced um, the world premiere highlights recording. That is coming out June 25th. And people can go pre-order it now. It's coming out on Broadway Records. Um, it's massive. Mm-hmm. It is. We recorded it um, in Vienna, in Austria, with a wild thirty-piece orchestra and a huge epic choir out there. And then we brought it back to the states, all virtually, by the way. Like uh-huh. we did this. My 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 orchestrator Kim Scharnberg, legend, legend, icon, icon. He's actually the reason that I got a deal with Broadway Records and then my first album, Where the Sky Ends, came out. Like, wow. Kim, he's my mentor. I wrote to him when I was 16. And I was like, I love Jacqueline Hyde. Can you like <laughs> and he um, wrote me back. And I sent him two demos of shows I had written. He's like, this could be good if it was done right. And he was like, very <laughs> nice about it. But um, yeah, I've known him for what? I guess almost 20 years now. Wow. And he's just, he believes in me so much. And he's always giving me opportunities and just going out of his way for me. So I love him. Um, but yeah, In the Light, June 25th, starring Jeremy Jordan, Saleh Pfeiffer, Sierra Renee, Antonio Cipriano, Bobby Conti Thornton. It's pretty freaking epic. Oh my God. We could not afford to record the whole show. So there's 32 songs in the show okay. and we could only afford to do 15. <laughs> so okay. it's a highlights album, okay. um, but we're including the synopsis so people can follow along and see what's up. Great. Well, it sounds very exciting. I'm very proud of it. Well, you can tell how proud you are of it because you can hear it in your voice. So, Well, a bitch can talk, so. <laughs> well, everybody listening, make sure you pre-order the album. It drops June 25th yes. on Broadway Records. So yes. And if you pre-order now, you uh-huh. get a few tracks. Oh. So go get exciting. it. And then you'll have an exclusive first listen before anyone else.
I love it. Yeah, I love it. Well, let's um, let's take a quick break, and when we come back, let's talk about some lessons learned. So don't Great. go anywhere. We'll be right back with Michael Mott. Priceline presents. Go to your happy price. What's up? It's Kaylee Cuoco. When it comes to travel, we all have a happy place. You can see yourself already there. It's beautiful. It might be sunny and sandy for some, neon and urban for others, deserts or rainforests or hiking trails. With Priceline, you can get to your happy place for a happy price with deals you really can't find anywhere else, like up to 60% off select hotels to Costa Rica or five-star hotels for two-star prices in Cabo. Go to Priceline.com and travel to your happy place for a happy price. All right, see ya. I'm off to Miami. No, actually, wow, look at that. No, I- I'm going to Hawaii now. Ooh, Cancun looks nice. You know what? Belize looks pretty nice this time of year. Or, mmm, Palm Springs. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. For the fourth year in a row, Don is partnering with iHeartRadio for Can't Cancel Pride, a campaign that has raised over $11 million for the LGBTQ community. Don continuously strives to celebrate visibility and inclusivity for all, and that means supporting amazing organizations like Centerlink, providing safe spaces where over 52,000 community members go each week to receive critical and life-saving services. Don is there for your home, or your home away from home. So visit can'tcancelpride.com to learn more. Hey everyone, my name is Michael Mott and you're listening to Bearing It All with Call Me Adam. And now we're back. So let's find out how you have, uh, what you've learned along the way from your life. So uh, what is one mistake you made early on in your career that became a life lesson you take with you to this day? Um, Honestly, I, (laughs) uh, so when I got my first record deal, I put two songs from In The Light on that album. Uh-huh. which was then called Faustus. Um, I put Dare to Dream and Her Embrace on my album Where the Sky Ends. And in my head, I thought, oh, this will get every big Broadway producer to invest and like love this show and put it on Broadway. And what did not happen was that. But what did happen was it gave me an incredible following and fan base. Mm-hmm. And people were like, oh my God, this show. And there's like fan accounts of the show. And I'm like, really? Okay, amazing. However, as the show's been rewritten, those songs don't work in the show anymore. Mm. So the things that gave the show life are the things that actually don't really work anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, Her Embrace does. Her Embrace is like the biggest, the big song from that show. And it's like the thing that has helped us the most. But there's a song called Dare to Dream that just doesn't really work anymore with what it is. Mm-hmm. So what I've learned is I don't want to put things out until the show is ready mm-hmm. and um, set and I feel confident in it because I'm working on it. Like I said, I'm working on a new show now with Nathan and I'm so proud of the score. It's very different for me, but it's still very me. And I want to put out, there's like eight songs. I'm like, Oh God, I want people to hear these, but until we do a reading, I don't know if they're going to work. So I don't want to put it out yet. Yes. Better to wait to make sure. Yes. So have you ever been fired from a job? And if so, what did that teach you? I have not been fired from a job. Ooh. That's good. But I think that's because um, my family owns businesses and like Uh restaurants and bakeries, which has also contributed to like why I was like fluffy as a child and still feel that way. Um, So they couldn't fire me. (laughs) (laughs) And then I kind of have it like in my genes to to, like create 
and work for myself. Mm-hmm. But of course, I've had actual jobs, restaurant jobs, serving jobs. Never been fired. Okay, what is something you've learned from a collaborator? How to listen better. As someone who's creative, for me, like I try to, I always, I can only write from my heart. I can't, I mean, I, I, I intellectualize it as well, but I can only, if it doesn't move me, it's not right. And when I write something and I send it to a collaborator and it's fresh out of me, I, for a very long time, just wanted to hear that it was great. Mm-hmm. And then like take maybe a couple hours or a day and then get into the nitty gritty. And sometimes they'd be like, okay, but like, this is wrong. This is wrong. You know what I mean? And just to like break it down. And I would get so upset. Mm. And now I've learned how to balance that because Mm -hmm. it's not me. Like I'm not, even though I'm putting everything I have into it, the song is not a reflection of actually me. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So that's what I've learned just to listen and take a moment before I take it personally. And how did you learn that? I mean, was there like a specific incident that made you do that no i mean i i'm a pretty self-aware person Mm -hmm. and um i'm constantly working on myself and i'm constantly like thinking about things and journaling and talking in therapy and i'm advocating therapy it's amazing everyone should do it um especially living in this city everyone (laughs) needs it um but i just i'm pretty aware and i have intuition and i can tell like oh i shouldn't have reacted that way i shouldn't Mm -hmm. have done that but, you know, we react certain ways because we're insecure or we have fears or, you know, there's unresolved trauma. So it's our job to work on ourselves so that we can be better. <laughs> yes. Yes. Agreed. Agreed. Uh, what is something that you wish you could tell your younger self that would have saved you from a mistake or heartache, either in life or your career? I mean, what's that Phil Collins song? I wish that I knew what I knew now when I was younger. You know that song? Oh, I don't know that Phil Collins. Oh, I know a lot yeah. of his songs, but not that one. <laughs> yeah, I, I wish, I mean, I feel like I've worked so hard to be the best person I can be now that I just wish that I was aware. I wish I was more self-aware. Mm-hmm. I wish that I didn't feel the need. It's twofold because I always have felt like, you know, I, I went to school for musical theater performance and I was an actor for seven years professionally. Mm-hmm. And then I was just never happy, fully satisfied with that. Mm. And I, when I got into writing, everything started happening for me the way it was supposed to, mm. but I was 27 and I felt like I was very far behind. Mm. And I felt like I had to do a million things to be accepted and to be validated and for people to know like, oh, he's a writer, like he's good at it and this is what he does. So I just wish that I was like, you can take a chill pill, it's okay. It's all gonna happen the way it's meant to. And you don't need to like prove yourself all the time. But at the same time, that drive to constantly prove myself is what I think keeps my um, like passion and heart and hunger in the material. Mm. And I think if I lose that, then I shouldn't be writing. Mm. Mm -hmm. So it's like my torment is what drives the art. Uh I know it sounds crazy, but I've been thinking about this a lot. And I think... I don't want to actually be a normal person <laughs> because mm. if I do, this work's going to suck. Yes. Yes. You but need I to be normal enough to like get through life. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But for your art, you need that strife and stuff to have all the creative juices flowing. Yeah. Which is really sad. Yes. yes. But that's the life of an artist. I guess so. Yeah. I just want to be able to pay my bills and move people. So, exactly. That's the quote. Exactly. I just want to be able to pay my bills and move people. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, and lastly, for lessons learned, what is something you learned from love and dating? Don't date under 30 years old. 
which is the trend in my life. I'm going to leave it at that. Okay. There we go. We're going to move right into rapid fire questions. Great. Yeah. So uh, let's start with favorite TV show. Um, The View, because I watch it every single day. <laughs> yeah. I love Sonny Hostin and Jay Behar so much. <laughs> favorite uh, movie? Um, Always the first one that comes to mind is Batman Returns. Oh, interesting. Love it. Favorite musical? Ragtime. Favorite play? Um, August Osage County. Yes. Yeah. I'm going to go with that today. Or it looks like you were going to do. I was going to say, actually, um, um, oh my gosh. What is it? Oh, I, yeah, we're going to go with August Osage County because I can't even think of the name of the other one. Okay. There we go. (laughs) Favorite cereal? Oh, I've been loving this new paleo cereal that I got. I couldn't tell you the brand, but it's delicious. Okay. I have not tried a paleo cereal. I think it's yet. called like Cantalina or Cant. That's probably a candle. I don't know what the name of it is, to be All honest. Right. Uh, favorite game show? Uh, I do not watch game shows. Oh. But should I say the price is right? Because I feel like, why not? I mean, or you could just say, I don't watch game shows. I don't watch game just- shows. Okay. Favorite board game? Um, I do love Scrabble. Oh, yes. Clue. Yes. I love Clue. Have you played Golden Girls Clue? No. Yes, they have it. Which Golden Girl would you be? Uh, I'm. It's always a toss-up between Rose and Blanche. Got it. Yeah, I can Probably see more Rose, but yeah. definitely a lot of Blanche in me. I got you. Yeah. yeah. What about you? Um, I'm like Dorothy Blanche. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. I love it. Uh, go-to karaoke song? Don't do karaoke, but but when I did, it was freaking This Is The Moment. <laughs> oh, I love that song. Is that random? Yes. People will be like, what is this? Uh, your go-to emoji when texting? Oh, always the laughing sideways. Oh, yes. Love yes. it. And uh, lastly, boxers or briefs? Boxer briefs. Oh, combination. I do. I don't like boxers. I think they're too, you need support. Uh-huh. And a brief... I don't know. I go back and forth. Sometimes I love them. Sometimes I don't. Okay. Where are we today? Neither. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> All right. Well, then we're up to the end of the interview. Okay. Um, so awesome. I always, I know it goes by so quickly, um, but I always end my interviews playing off of the title of my podcast, Bearing It All with Call Me Adam. So if you were to bear it all and reveal something about yourself that you haven't talked about previously, what would you share with me today? Well, I just told you that I wasn't wearing underwear, so I think I bared it all. It's true. <laughs> so, well, I love this. Thank you so much for coming on the show today. And um, everybody listening, you have to get Michael's, download his EP, The Only One. And then June 25th is when his uh, highlight in, in the Light comes out, the Highlights album. So pre order it now, download it, buy it through Broadway Records, June 25th. And um, always remember here at the Broadway Podcast. Oh, before we get to the Broadway Podcast Network, uh, where can everybody find you on social media? Uh, I'm on Instagram at, at Michael underscore Mott. And I recently started a TikTok. I'm terrible at it, but I'm going to try to get skew a little younger. Um, whatever. I don't even know my TikTok name, but follow me there. Okay. <laughs> and the only one has visuals. So you can go on YouTube and watch all the visuals to every song as well. 
Terrific. Terrific. Well, go follow Michael on social media, watch his music videos. And now remember here at the Broadway Podcast Network, we have thousands of hours of art and theater related podcasts. And you can take all our podcasts with you on the go with our brand new mobile app. So go to the Apple Store and download it and keep listening. He'll get the dirt and the scoop and the story For he happens to be in the know Just ask anybody who's had him at all Lives for the business of show Callmeadam.com Find more episodes of Bearing It All with Call Me Adam Everywhere you stream podcasts For my print and video interviews visit my website, callmeadam.com. Follow me on social media at callmeadamnyc on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And finally, if you really want to get involved, support my podcast on a deeper level by becoming a member of my Patreon family. Visit patreon.com slash callmeadamnyc. There, you'll get a variety of backstage perks, including advance notice of interviews, the ability to submit a question to my guests, and everyone's favorite, swag. When was the last time you found a professional look that fits so well you felt like you could take on anything? Indochino believes you shouldn't fit your clothes, they should fit you, your body, personality, and style. Because finding the perfect fit is about more than your measurements, it's how you show the world who you are. Design every detail of your suit to be totally you with Indochino's new women's wear line. Simply submit your measurements online or visit an expert style guide at an Indochino showroom. They have hundreds of high-quality fabrics and details to choose from and are always adding new options so you can add your own flair. With endless ways to customize, designing an outfit is easy. Just tell Indochino how you want it, and that's how they'll make it. Find your perfect fit and stand out in style with a custom suit from Indochino. For 10% off, use promo code WOMEN when you visit Indochino.com to book a showroom appointment or place an order. That's I-N-D-O-C-H-I-N-O dot com, promo code WOMEN.